and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. This is the sermon for Sunday, March 8th, 2020, the second Sunday in Lent. The sermon is entitled The School of Jesus and is based on the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hannell. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Last week, a number of students from our school put on this musical, Schoolhouse Rock, Live Junior. It had a long name. If you uh, know nothing about it, you really missed out on an important part of childhood. It really uh, it was reminiscent of Saturday mornings and the cartoons, and you'd see some of these schoolhouse rock videos that are educational videos that they cover just about every subject, history, politics, grammar, the English language, it's all kind of there. And uh, the musical put all of those songs together in kind of this narrative that was all about a teacher who was nervous about the first day of school. And so as Uh, He sort of recalls these videos. He's reminded that uh, teaching and learning can be fun and exciting, and so he's he's ready to face that first day. But the musical as a whole, it it kind of reminds us that even even sometimes teachers need to be schooled. And that's what our gospel reading is all about, isn't it? It's all about Nicodemus, a teacher, being schooled by Jesus. Nicodemus, we learn, is a Pharisee, that is, a man who in those days took his faith very seriously. This was not some small concern to him. This was like the central part of life. And Nicodemus was a man who was on the ruling council of the Jews, which probably meant he was really good at this, that people saw him and respected him because they knew that he didn't just like believe these things, but he lived them out in his life. Nicodemus is a teacher, a teacher of all of Israel. But Nicodemus sees a greater teacher. Nicodemus sees Jesus around and teaching people, and he recognizes that Jesus is living an even better life than he is. And so Nicodemus humbles himself a little bit and seeks Jesus out. He seeks Jesus out to learn from him so that he too can be a teacher like Jesus. But as Nicodemus approaches Jesus and enters the school of Jesus, things don't go exactly, I think, as Nicodemus thought they would. For when Jesus begins to talk to him, he's really not going to be talking about advanced theology. In fact, Jesus gets to some of the most fundamental basic stuff. That that our life, that Nicodemus's life in God's kingdom begins and ends with the foundation of God's grace. Now, that may not have been what Nicodemus thought Jesus was going to say. That may not have been the reason why Nicodemus sought Jesus out. In fact, Nicodemus in this whole conversation doesn't even get to ask Jesus the questions that may have been burning on his heart. It is Jesus the teacher who dictates the subject matter. 
And as Jesus chooses the subject matter of this conversation, I think that Jesus does so knowing very well who Nicodemus is. Nicodemus, as a Pharisee, would have been a rules follower. Nicodemus was a man who believed that God's law was the most important thing. And all of the traditions that developed around God's law, that was the central part of his faith life. His standing before God depended all upon his own life and the way that he followed all of those rules and regulations, whether he did the right fasts, whether he tithed the right amounts, even to make sure, in the season of sickness, how he washed his hands, to make sure he did it at the right times, to make sure that he did it correctly. That was what his life was about, following those rules. And he knew that his standing before God depended on how well or not so well he followed those rules. You see, for Nicodemus, his whole life before God began and ended with him. It all depended on what he did. And so as Jesus picks out the subject matter, Jesus goes to an uncomfortable place for Nicodemus. Jesus talks about seeing the kingdom of God, but he says you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. And Nicodemus doesn't have any idea what to do with this. This really doesn't make sense. He's confounded by what Jesus is talking about, and he starts to ask questions. What, what do you mean, born again? I'm an old man. That's, that's not possible. Jesus continues, you need to be born again. You know, born of the water and spirit. Now, you and me kind of understand that he's talking about baptism. He's talking about being washed with water and baptizing in God's, baptizing God's name in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that gift of faith. But Jesus here doesn't talk about all of that. I think he could have, but the problem is Nicodemus isn't there. Nicodemus is still stuck at the first point. Born again, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? The problem with Nicodemus, and sometimes I think this is a problem with us as well, is that Nicodemus brought into the school of Jesus all of his preconceptions all of the wisdom that he had gained in this world, everything that he thought was true. And when Jesus starts talking, he, he tries to put Jesus' wisdom into his own wisdom, and it, it just doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense. It sounds like foolishness. And it's true. See, it's sort of like if you want to build another story onto your house. And you start talking to the contractor, like, how, we, how can we make this possible? And the contractor says, well, you can't add another story on your house, not without first shoring up your foundation. Your foundation right now could not support a second story. Or in a more common way, it's like trying to fit that proverbial square peg into the round hole. It, it just doesn't work. And the problem isn't with the second story. The problem isn't with the peg. The problem is with the foundation. 
Something needs to give. Something needs to change. And Jesus here says something truly radical. It's not just that you need to change a little bit. It's not just we need to make a couple tweaks here and there or upgrade this or that. Jesus says you need to be born again. You need to scrap everything you know your whole life and you need to begin again, begin anew. Because until that happens, you can't see the kingdom of God. You might see the kingdom of God, you might hear about the kingdom of God, but you won't be able to process it. It won't make sense. It will sound to you like foolishness. Until you have the eyes of faith, you won't understand what you're seeing. But the eyes of faith come only through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says here, you must receive the Holy Spirit. You must receive that gift of baptism. And in baptism, you receive the Holy Spirit. And then you will begin to understand. Then you will begin to know your real life in God's kingdom. Why is baptism so important, though? I mean, as we sit back and think... Yes, baptism is important, but couldn't he have just talked to Nicodemus about Scripture, about God's Word? I mean, after all, we do recognize that God works through his Word. We recognize the importance of spending time in God's Word and reading it and meditating on it. Why didn't he point Nicodemus there? Why baptism? Why did he point him to a place where he knew Nicodemus would have trouble understanding Well, I don't think it's that Jesus is trying to say that the Spirit doesn't work through Scripture. We know that the Spirit does work through Scripture. But I think that for Nicodemus specifically, the danger in pointing him to Scripture is the way that Nicodemus had understood Scripture. For Scripture is God's Word, but Nicodemus was a teacher. Nicodemus was somebody who thought he understood God's word, thought he knew exactly what it was all about. The problem was that Nicodemus thought of himself as a teacher of God's word, a person who could interpret God's word, when in fact Jesus could have shown him he doesn't know at all what scripture is all about. Because he has built his whole life on God's law and his own performance, he's shown that he's missed one of the most basic fundamental points, that in God's word and predominating throughout it has always been God's grace and God's love for his people. But because Nicodemus thought of himself as above Scripture. He thought of himself as in control of Scripture. It it never really would have worked for Jesus to direct him back to that. Something had to change with Nicodemus himself. Something bigger, something more fundamental. And so Jesus points him to baptism. And very specifically, the way that Jesus talks about baptism. For Jesus presents baptism with a metaphor This metaphor of giving birth. And I think it's important that we get both of those together. It's not just that Jesus talks about baptism, but he uses this metaphor of birth to describe baptism. 
And if you get that metaphor, then you get God's grace. For birth is not something that we do. When you were a little baby, you didn't choose to be born. It is a process. It is something that happens to you, that happened around you. You didn't have any say in the matter, but you experienced it. You benefited from it. And I think Jesus chooses that metaphor of birth so that Nicodemus and all of us would get that point. That baptism is not about us. It's not about what we do. It's not what we bring to the table. It's about what happens to us. It's something that we receive. And God, God is the one that's at work. God is the one that brings us into God's kingdom. God is the one who makes us his children. See, when it comes to baptism... We don't talk about what we bring to the table. We don't talk about the great life that we live or the many blessings or offerings that we will bring to God. Instead, we confess our sin. We don't have anything good to give to God. But He has wonderful gifts to give to us. And so He does. In baptism, God comes to each of us. In baptism, God calls each of us by name. And in baptism, God promises and gives us the most wonderful gifts. Gifts of his Holy Spirit. Gifts of faith. Gifts of the forgiveness of our sins, gifts of eternal life. And because God is the one who gives those gifts to us, no one can take them away. God gives to us the most wonderful foundation of our life in his kingdom. That's not something new, though. Like, baptism is a new thing. It's a new thing that Jesus gives the church. But it's not a new thing to think that God's grace has always been fundamental to who his people are. It's there in our Old Testament reading. It's there in Abram's life. The same thing that we can say about our baptism, we can say about God's relationship with Abram. Right? God first comes to Abram. God calls Abram by name. And God promises to Abraham, uh, Abram then Abraham, such wonderful gifts. Wonderful gifts that are scarcely believable. To Abram, I will make you a great nation. When Abram and his wife Sarah have no children of their own, Abram, I will make you a blessing, a blessing to all nations. I will bless you. And those who curse you, I will curse. God promised Abram all these wonderful gifts, and all Abram could do was receive them. All he could do is trust that God would come through on those promises, because Abram couldn't do anything to make any of those things come true. God would do it all. And he did. That promise to Abram is fulfilled 
in Jesus. Through Abram's offspring, Jesus, the whole world is blessed. For Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. The world already stood condemned. Jesus came into this world so that we might have life and salvation. God's grace. What God has done. God's gifts. That's the gospel. The gospel for you and for me. That's the good news that God is the most fundamental building block. He is where it all begins for our life, our eternal life in God's kingdom. And that's a precious truth to hold on to. Because sometimes you'll have days when you feel like that nervous school teacher not ready to face the day. Sometimes you will have those days like Nicodemus when you really don't know. You question your standing before God. Where am I? But when those days come, return to the basics. Return to the fundamentals. Return to the school of Jesus. And sit at his feet and listen once again. But be prepared. Be prepared to throw away everything that you think you know, everything that you think is true. Repent. Remember your baptism. And receive what Jesus has to give to you. Because it's only then that you will have that absolute and sure foundation It's only then that you will know the hope and the joy that comes from knowing that you are saved, your salvation in Jesus. It's only then that you will know that it begins and ends with God. It begins and ends with his grace. See, God's grace, God's gift, that's what's responsible for your life in God's kingdom, now and for all eternity. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.